0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Write or Die show. I am your host, Randy Lee Boslaw. Clearly, today's episode is a little bit different than normal, um, as I'm going live for it. So, today's episode is pretty raw. um, So, I didn't put on no fancy makeup or nothing, just in case I start crying, and then it gets all messed up anyways. So, I don't have a guest with me today, because today's episode... I'm going to be sharing um, about a loss that I just recently had. So last week, you might have noticed that there was no episodes posted. And that's because I was in a complete fog all all of last week, trying to hold it together for my mom and and for myself. Um, On May 20th, my brother passed away and my brother was an addict. And that's one of the reasons why this show is so important, not just because I have depression, but because there's so many different kinds of mental health illnesses out there and people need to talk about it. We can't just brush it under the rug and pretend like it doesn't exist. My brother, unfortunately, never managed to... um, beat his addiction to, to go into recovery. But I know he was trying, he was trying really, really hard. Um, and last week we, we had his viewing and we had the funeral. And with, with COVID, it made it so much more difficult because we had to plan, we had to plan who could come and when they could come and only have X amount of people. And that was so much more stressful on. My mom and myself because we we don't know what who his friends were and at the same time it sounds horrible but we didn't want a whole bunch of his friends there because his friends also were in that lifestyle and I don't think we could have handled seeing all of them. Um, there was a few that did come that was, was really good and and his worker um, came somebody who really tried to help him through his addictions. And what I want people to realize by sharing this is that those with addictions have family who love them. So looking at my brother, you would have never even been able to tell. Like he he didn't look like the kind of person that you see on TV um, who who does drugs. But some people do. And some people are are the kind of person that you look at and you're like, oh, I'm going to cross the street because I don't want to be near you. But they have family who love them, too. And I think the hardest part of loving somebody with an addiction is sometimes sometimes having to love them from afar. So growing up, me and my brother, we grew up in the same house. He's four years older than me. And we used to play video games together. And, I mean, we were your typical siblings. As we got older, we'd fight more because, you know, when he got When he became a teenager, he was too cool to hang out with his little sister and all his little sister wanted to do was bug him and play with him. And, um, he taught me how to, how to play Dungeons and Dragons. He, my mom always likes to tell the story that he couldn't wait for me to walk. So he helped me learn how to walk before, before my mom was ready for me to, um, so, you know, there, there was a lot of love there, um. But as we got older, he and I don't know everything that happened in his life, right? Like I'm just a little sister, but I do know that I do know that he was bullied. I do know that um, there were some people that in his life that weren't very nice to him, which of course makes it harder to try and deal with your emotions. And I mean, 20, 30 years ago, that kind of stuff wasn't talked about like it is now, right? Before, it was just, oh, you toughen up, go through, you're fine, walk it off. It's just words. Um, But now we know that's not the case. It's not just words. They really leave a lasting impression on kids. And knowing that, if you have a family member, if your child or your sibling is going through something, going get, getting picked on at school or whatever it might be. Don't push it under the rug. Don't just think, "Oh, walk it off." Because they might not be able to. They might not be able to just walk it off. And I don't want anybody else to have to go through the same thing that we're going through. Seeing my brother there in his coffin was the absolute hardest thing that I have ever had to do in my life, ever. And it just, it didn't seem real until I saw him there. And then couldn't pretend that it wasn't real anymore. And I'm not much of a crier. (laughs) I'm probably somebody in our family that everybody is like, oh, yeah. That's the tough one. She doesn't cry, but I cried so much this past week. Um, at the funeral, I had a big pile of <laughs> big pile of tissues. I was like, "Oh, they should have put a garbage can near me." Um, but as my brother got older and into his addiction, it didn't go from zero to sixty. Right? It's it's a progression, and I can only speak from, of course, our our family's, um experience. Some people maybe they do go to zero to sixty. I, I don't know, but for my experience, it's a progression. So, you know, he started doing um, probably smoking weed. Um, I don't know exactly. Again, I was I was the little sister, but I do remember he started getting drinking. Drinking was a big one, and when I was in college. I moved out of the city that we grew up in, only about like 20 minutes or so away, uh, because that's where the college was. And I remember he asked me, he asked me to help him. And I tried. I said, okay, you can come, you can come stay with me, because you don't know anybody where I live. And if you come stay with me, and you don't know anybody where I live, then you don't have access to that stuff. And he came, and he was doing really, really good at first. But then it was New Year's Eve, and uh, he said he had to go out. He the the addiction was too strong, and he had to go out. And he did whatever it was he he did that night, and for my own mental health, and and the fact I had a little baby, I had to say, no, you can't come back. You can't come back, because I can't help you, because I'm not, I'm not the expert in this. You need, you need real help. You need to go to therapy. You need to talk about it, because it's more than just an addiction. It's, it's what is underlying that addiction. It's, you know the depression that he suffered I know he had panic attacks I can remember uh, when I was a teenager and he had a panic attack and he actually he didn't know what it was at the time and he actually had to he called an ambulance because he thought he was having a heart attack um, found out it was a panic attack so there was underlying issues there was underlying reasons why the addiction was so strong why he couldn't why he couldn't overcome it um, And I know that he was trying it. I know that he was actually in the midst of applying to a treatment place that was going to help. We were all so excited for him. So excited for him to go to try that. Because all I ever wanted was for my brother to be back. Because I know that we had such good times. And I know that he would have really got along with with my kid they would have drawed together they would have played video games together they had a lot in common actually so much in common but he never really got that chance the last time that he was really around my kid won't doesn't even remember because I had to make that separation because I couldn't have somebody who was high around And that is probably the hardest part about it, is that my head and my heart, they're fighting. And my head is saying, there was good reasons why you made that separation. There was important reasons for your own mental health, for your kid's mental health, and I really was hoping my brother would find his rock bottom by doing it as well, because a lot of addicts they talk about the rock bottom, and that's how they know that that they need to they need to get better and they need to get help. And I was hoping that by making that separation, he would find it. And I think he was at the at the end there, I think he really, really was, which is why he was applying to go the the treatment place was like two hours away from here. so was trying but then my heart my heart is saying now you never get to talk to him again my heart is saying why did you do that because all of those moments that you could have had a conversation with him you could have had memories with him you didn't but then my head steps in again <laughs> And my head reminds my heart that those wouldn't have been good memories, because he would have been high. Those would have been probably us arguing about something, because that's usually what it ended up being, the the times that I did talk to him. Although I am really, really glad that a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago he was at my aunt's house, and so I did get to talk to him and see him on, on the Zoom thing. And I got to talk to him. We did end up arguing (laughs) because I was trying to remind him, you know, um, it's not only is it COVID, so we can't really see each other right now, but I don't want you around if you're going to be on drugs. But he still looked, I mean, he looked sad because I was making that boundary and it's important. Again, it's so important that if you have an addict in your life and, you need to make that separation. You need to put down those boundaries. It is so important that you make those boundaries and they're, they're firm boundaries. They can't be boundaries that move. Um, they have to be boundaries that make sense and will protect yourself because they... I don't even know how to, how to word it, but they... they Feed off of it, I guess, is the way to describe it. Like, I know my brother, he would, he would feed off of, like, the empathy that you would give him. Um, and it just, it wasn't a healthy relationship. So I had to put in a healthy boundary. And if you also have to do that with somebody, just know that it's okay to do that. It doesn't ever mean that you stop loving them. It just means that you have to love yourself too. And you have to put in a healthy boundary. So I'm not sure what else to say about it. Um, If anybody has questions, I mean, I'm pretty much an open book. (laughs) So you can put some comments into um, the comment, uh, ask questions in the comment section. Um, but something else actually that just that popped into my mind that I, I've been thinking about since he passed was that so I have I have faith in God. I'm I'm a Christian and I know that my brother, at least at the end there, he he did. So I know that I'll see him again in heaven. But knowing that, I also know that nothing happens without a reason. I don't know what that reason is. I may never know what that reason is. But I just keep thinking. Can't be gone for nothing. Can't have suffered. For most of his life. With this. With this mental illness. For nothing. There has to be a reason. Why it happened. So. So what we've done. What we've done um is taken his art because he was see, that's <laughs> why I didn't put makeup on. <laughs> so what we've done is we've taken his the artwork that we have left of him. Because so my brother was a really, really good artist. In fact, um many years ago, before his addiction got so strong, he actually had a one of his um, oil pastel paintings uh, in a museum, which is so so cool. I have to say I was always jealous of his drawing abilities because I can draw like a stick figure, <laughs> but he could just, he could sketch something out so fast. He could he could draw it. He could use pencil crayons, oil pastels, paints, like so many different modalities of art. And it was mind blowing how good he was at it. Um, so unfortunately we don't have as many um, pieces of his artwork left as I wish we had, but that's what happens when, he lived the lifestyle that he lived. But what we did is we took what we did have. And we are adding his pieces to the merch store. And those pieces specifically. Um, so anything in the merch store. Always 10% goes back to the Canadian Mental Health Association. But what I'm doing. Um, what we're doing as a family really. Is his designs. And it will say in the description of the designs, um, artwork or design by Brandon Boyle. And those designs specifically, the money is going to go back to addiction services, um, ones that that tried to help my brother um, because they were so they were still so valuable, and they really did help him. And they tried, and like I said, he was, I think he was making progress at the end. I just wish that that he would have been able to go to the program and see it all the way through so if you do want to if you do want to support um, addiction services like I said those are on the merch store I've put that link in the description and the two designs up that are right now because um, they were the two easiest ones to put up but I didn't have to do any kind of um, editing or whatever because some of his some of his stuff he just did it on on line pieces of paper so I'm actually going to try and take out the the line so it's just his, his artwork but there's two up right now um one is called Luda Dog and that is actually it's spray painted and it's actually a picture of a dog that we had so <laughs> when, when we were little my brother was probably I don't know, 13, 14, something like that. And I'm four years younger, so like I'm 9, 10, something like that. And he goes, Mom, let's get a dog. Mom goes, no. Mom, let's get a dog. No. Mom, let's get a dog. No. And my brother knew that if he just brought one home, she would just fall in love with it. So he brought a dog home, and Mom fell in love with it. And so then we had a dog. And uh, my brother had named him Ludacris. And he was such a sweet little puppy. Although he did not like, he didn't like to poop outside. We would go outside, we'd play, he would take him for a walk, then he'd come inside. And my mom had tons of like big indoor plants, and he'd find one of the plants and he'd do his number two. So my mom wasn't too impressed with that one. Um, but Luda Dog is, is actually that dog that he had brought home. Um, and it's, it's a really good design. I mean, I definitely could not draw it, and it looks just like him. And uh, the other design that's up right now, I called it Tiger Sister because so it's a picture of a tiger, and he made it for me. So I called it Tiger Sister. And he did that one in oil pastels, which are not easy to work with at all. Uh, like I said, he was so, so amazing as an artist. Like it blows my mind how good he was. Um, so that one's up there as well. And that I still have, it's been hanging on a wall everywhere I've lived since I got it probably 18 years ago.
1: <laughs> and I
0: still have it and it's it's awesome. Uh, there will be more designs posted uh, as I get to kind of cleaning them up or whatever and getting them onto the computer. Um, Will be more coming, and like I said, all of those are going for addiction services. So, I guess what I always ask guests on the show is, "What would you tell somebody that is going through their own mental health crisis?" or version of that question. So, I'm going to ask myself that because, I mean, it's still an episode on the show, so let's let's keep some kind of consistency. So, what I would tell somebody that is going through their own addictions right now is your family still loves you. Even if they've had to put boundaries around them, they still love you. And there are still people that I know that are still in their addictions. And if they watch this episode, we still love you. And we just want you to get help. And I think that anybody's family just wants them to get help because they just they just want them back. And I know I know that being an addict is not something that you just fix and that's it. It's the same with depression. It's an everyday battle. Mental health is an everyday battle and that's okay. It's okay if you have bad days, but you get back up and you try again. And what I want to say to the families of people who had to put those boundaries up. Is that I know that you still love them. Like I still love my brother. And it's okay. That you had to put boundaries up. And it's okay that you love them from afar. Just keep holding out hope. and keep talking about it don't be silent That you have to keep talking about it so that's enough for me for today for the episode um it's like i said we have our merch store proceeds going to addiction services and canadian mental health and remember the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly And honestly, bye.